Today's episode of Theoretically Speaking features Dr. Chris Waters-Banker from Maple Health Group, Dr. Maria Eruguay from Accenda, Dr. Rajshree Pandey from Kurta Inc., Leanne Burke from Distiller SR, and Dr. Patty Peoples from the Peoples Collaborative. These five speakers join us to answer some top questions from a recent webinar where they discussed what health technology assessment agencies do and the type of literature reviews they do. Let's jump in. Give me your favorite feature of Distiller SR and why. You've already mentioned most of my favorite features. Maybe one that we didn't discuss yet is that you can deduplicate uh, references in Distiller. So usually when you conduct a systematic review, you retrieve data from several databases. And often you will have some overlap in references across databases. And Distiller offers you a tool um, to deduplicate uh, these references to make sure that you don't duplicate efforts during the screening process. So usually I run this uh, deduplication at the beginning of my project when I start the, when I upload all my references. And then later, if perhaps there is an update to that systematic review and I need to upload an additional set of references, I run it again to make sure like I don't go again through the same references. And I, I think that's a quite time saver too. Nice. Thank you. Rajri, what's your favorite? I think all of the above. Plus, <laughs> I think I, I really like the reporting process. So you talked about the inclusion exclusion decisions, and then you can you know smoothly get the Prisma flowchart, and you don't have to create it manually. I think that that has been great. But in addition to all of that, doing a version control, quality control allows for a, a very robust and transparent review process. Mm-hmm. Plus, managing users or projects by assigning them on different levels and different tasks. It just saves time. So these are all some of my additional features that I really like. Thank you. Increasingly, I am reading more and more about living SLRs, ongoing, repetitive approaches to literature review. Maria, can you help our audience level set on what a living HTA or a living SLR is? And help us understand how that need could be addressed with a platform like this? Sure. A living systematic review is a method to update systematic reviews. Um, With this method, the systematic review is continually updated. And the aim of living systematic reviews is to add relevant new evidence to your review as soon as it becomes available. And I guess they were born as an attempt to narrow the gap between the research findings and healthcare practice to reduce the inaccuracy caused by some out-of-date systematic reviews. And the core methods for living systematic reviews are the same as systematic reviews, but it does incorporate some additional elements, like to name a couple, like you need to pre-specify how often the, the systematic review is going to be updated, and perhaps the publication format of a living systematic review is also different instead of the conventional static report or manuscript that we see in conventional systematic reviews. In living systematic reviews, they tend to be online evidence summaries, uh, which are frequently updated. 
as frequently as they are, uh, as the systematic review is updated. Thank you. Uh, Susie wants to know, and I'm going to go with Chris on this. Susie states that one of the main barriers to adoption is the absence of a sufficient evidence base on the effectiveness of AI techniques. This is a barrier to HTA agencies that are providing the guidelines. Does the panel have a view of how this evidence base through empirical methodologic research might be generated? Any thoughts there, Chris? Yes, I think this is a really great question. And I think that this is maybe why we're not quite seeing any guidance from HTA yet. And I think as we discussed earlier, some of the barriers are that some of the AI tools are proprietary. And so it's, it's hard to be as transparent as possible on those. But I think the way that I address this, and I think this is also kind of harkens back to what we talked about with our clients' hesitation to use these tools for systematic literature review, is I think being very clear, open, and honest that this is augmenting the human experience, such as Leanne mentioned, you know, humans have to train it, humans have to run the program. We're just using tools to help. As much as you could say, we don't necessarily trust computers to make decisions. I've personally seen situations where the computer has made much better decisions than the human screeners because we are human. We get tired. We need to sleep. We need to rest. Sometimes we need to walk away from our computer and take a break because we're just so like bored of reading. So the computer never gets that way. And, and it makes all of its decisions in a very unbiased way, but it's been trained to do it. And so Different tools, I think, within Distiller really highlight this well with things like the error checking to be able to say, you know what, we rank this as a high priority based on all the decisions that the human screeners made, but it got excluded. And you take a second look at that, you say, actually, yeah, that should be included. And so then you get to a point where you're seeing that this technology is actually making these SLRs much more robust. And you can apply some of these quite easily to even, you know, targeted literature reviews as opposed to systematic and make those literature reviews even more robust. And that becomes very attractive to our clients who don't necessarily have the budget or time for an SLR, but need to have that more systematic approach to it. Mm -hmm. And so I really think that being very clear about how we're using AI and choosing when and where we can use it is a really great feature of Distiller because it offers that flexibility. If your client's really uncomfortable with doing AI classifiers and things like that and making screening decisions, then you don't have to apply that you can still follow that same methodology. And Distiller really helps you, I think, meet the standards that are out there currently for things like systematic review via the Cochrane and CDR guidelines. So I think it's, it's really the future of where we're going and especially primed for things like living reviews. So I'm, I'm really hopeful for the future that we're going to get some of this guidance soon. Mm -hmm. I am too. Let's close out with a, a final question with Leanne. Leanne, Nomabongo wants to know, is Distiller SR for HTA, a pharmaceutical medical device, health technology arenas only, or can it be used by people in other disciplines or different research fields other than health? It can absolutely be used in other research fields. Today, we're talking about HTAs, but we certainly have a lot of other webinars and case studies on our website that you could see. I will say to you that while health is mainly our user base, we do have some that are outside of health because they're doing really the same thing. A literature review is a literature review. And because Distiller is so configurable and you put your own questions into it and you're extracting the data you want, the topic doesn't actually matter. It's really quite agnostic as a platform.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Theoretically Speaking and that you'll tune in to future episodes where we chat with pharma value, evidence, and access experts. Don't forget to subscribe. Thank you.